0: Welcome back to another episode from Tick Markets at Tick Talks, where me and the leading expert Tim Finch talk to you about everything related to the FX markets. How are you doing, Tim, today? Hey, I'm good. How's things? I'm great, great. Thank you, first of all, for your time today. We talked last week about Euro GBP in case of uh, Euro recession. Is the economy better than the UK?
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a big speech this week by uh, uh, Jonathan Hunt, the Chancellor of the Exchequer of the UK. By Monday morning, euro sterling had dropped back last week. If you remember, to 0.8765. it kind of went up to eighty eight ten. The next day, it was range bound again between eighty seven seventy and eighty eight twenty five. But then, after the Hunt speech, that was deemed to be slightly positive for sterling, so euro sterling went back to eighty seven fifty again. Finished the week around the eighty seven seventy. So no real conclusion on that, but. Um, this is a bigger week uh, for sterling because of the Bank of England decision.
0: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the Bank of England, um, UK rate rise.
1: Inflation over here is still high, so another fifty basis points rate hike is kind of widely priced priced in for when they meet this week. And um, the meeting's on the second of Feb, which is Thursday. Um, we did have some bad news for Rishi Sunak this week. Um, one of the uh, ministers. He's in a bit of a a problem with his tax. He's paid it, and did he pay a penalty or didn't he? So there's an investigation going on. Um, Boris Johnson's back in the news. He went to Ukraine and tried to uh, pump up the war effort by saying that everyone should send their tanks to Ukraine. But then he got hit by some uh, bad news about a a dodgy loan that he'd got. And Rishi got fined for not wearing a seatbelt in a TikTok video that he made in his uh, ministerial car. So. Yeah, a bit of a mixed week for Sterling, but next week should make things clearer. If we get the rate rise and get that out of the way, then people will know what's happening. Really,
0: was Rishi wearing uh, the seatbelt? And the... was he driving?
1: No, he was in the back. He was in the back.
0: Ah. So don't <laughs> don't make videos when you're driving, kids. Absolutely, and people were having a go at Boris. That you know he, he you know he he went all the way to Ukraine. Why is he doing that? Is he trying to get himself re-elected again, you think? The
1: Conservative Party don't want to go through all that again, right? All the dodgy ministers and Boris, they've kind of been shunted away now. They want, to, they want to get it clean. Rishi is all about integrity, or so he says. So they just want to get a clean pitch and get going. If they can end some of the strikes, which are still going on, you know, this week there's the nurses' strike coming, there's two more train strikes. If I can get rid of that, then maybe we can get past it, get the economy
0: going a little bit. Maybe things will be better for him. Last week, we talked about two camps, the battle of the TV pundits on equities. Please tell us a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah, so if you remember, we had the two groups. Uh, on the one hand, don't fight the Fed. This is where Chairman Powell's reputation is at stake because during the transi- transitory inflation phase, where he didn't think inflation was going up, uh, he got that wrong. So now he's saying interest rates are going to be higher for longer. And that would normally put pressure on the equity markets and suggest that we haven't seen a bottom yet. So that's that's one camp. But always remember that the Fed's not there to protect the value of shares you own. You know, if you own Amazon shares, the Fed's not going to protect you. If they go down in, in value, that's not the Fed's fault, right? So the other group is the FOMO group, the fear of missing out group. Now, these are the people that say interest rates have peaked, inflation's peaked. The central banks might actually need to cut rates eventually this year. So they say the equity markets have already seen a bottom. And so they see the dollar would be weaker and equities higher. Now, there has been some buying this week. You know, asset managers have almost got to buy because one month of the year has already passed. If they miss out on some percentage return, they've only got 11 months of the year to make their target. So people are almost kind of like they're forced into buying. Um, But let's talk a a little bit about that later. But
0: definitely week four FOMO was the winner. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about uh, USDN, the Bank of Japan. They had a meeting on Wednesday. It's kind
1: of gone really range bound.
0: Um, inflation
1: came out in Japan. It was actually 4.3, so it actually went up. So that's kind of suggesting that they might have to put interest rates up. They might have to follow the other central banks. So generally, the dollar was weaker last week. Dollar yen it's struggling to get above one thirty-one fifty now. It's just under 130 again. Um let's see what happens next week. If the interest rate is only a small rate rise by the Fed, and Japan has to put their rates up again, we could see a, a generally weaker dolly yen next week. Let's keep an eye on that.
0: Brilliant. Let's talk a little bit about crypto for the crypto lovers out there. Yeah,
1: very interesting. We, last week, we said Chinese New Year started, which has been bullish for crypto in previous years. You know, people like to buy it. Um, Bitcoin touched 23,300 again, it's just sitting under there now. I mean, I have a feeling that it's kind of generally well supported now. We've seen the worst of the bad news about the uh, companies that were failing. And it's kind of correlating with the equity markets. As equity markets go up, Bitcoin's kind of following. Um, There was a survey out this week, which is quite interesting. It said, if you see buying during USA time, that's institutional buying. And if you see buying during Far East time, that's retail, that's private investors buying so the people that have been buying are kind of in those two camps interesting that institutions are buying they often buy bitcoin first and then they swap it for other coins and then sell that to their customers so just watch out for that
0: right and let's talk about new currencies uh, brazil and argentina i think they're coming they're coming together for the first time in a long time it's kind of like you know everybody's talking about
1: having a different kind of currency the central banks are talking about central bank digital currencies which is something different but brazil and argentina sat down um, and started discussing a new common currency that could help them with uh, trade settlement so it's going to be called the sur sur which means south and this could kind of reduce reliance on the us dollar so maybe not put a pressure on the dollar because it's only a, a discussion at the moment and sometimes countries put these discussions out just to show that they're in the game if you like um you know we saw saudi arabia being open to discussions about trading in currencies other than the us dollar last week and this week even the uae said that they would will be willing to explore non-oil trades in indian rupees or even in crypto now obviously uae sees itself as a crypto center uh, vast number of companies starting up in the crypto field in, in UAE, but interestingly, right. UAE oil will still be settled in U.S. dollars.
0: Right. right. Let's talk about what to watch for next week.
1: Yeah, so a very interesting week coming up this week. Um, probably the biggest thing is the Fed meeting about interest rates on Wednesday, the 1st of February. Um, the consensus has kind of dropped a bit to them putting up rates 25 basis points this time, but what would happen if they actually went a little bit harder and went 50 basis points? The market's almost discounted that now, so there could be a shock here. Um, I'll give you an example. In 2001, when it was the opposite way around, when the Fed was pivoting very hard by cutting rates, the rates went down from 6 to 1.5%, they cut by 475 basis points. That was a, a really proper pivot. <laughs> So would you think that stocks would go to the moon on that and that the dollar would tank? No, actually, the opposite happened. I mean, bonds went up 8.5% that year. The dollar went up 6.5%. Gold went up 2.4%. And the S&P went down 13%. So it was one of the most aggressive Fed pivots ever. And still, the stock market didn't really deliver positive results. I mean, how how is that possible? (laughs) That's because... In 2001, the markets realized a recession was coming and the earnings had dropped 40% from their peak. Now, we've seen that this year that some earnings are down, but Tesla announced great earnings and the stock went up quickly. You know, But in these circumstances, the risk sentiment it can deteriorate quite quickly. So it doesn't really matter if risk-free rates are 6.5% or 1.5%. Investors are always about capital preservation and not chasing risk. So when you hear the commentators talking about Fed pivot, the FOMO crowd, that doesn't mean just go and buy everything, right? Be a little bit cautious here, I would say. The second event of the week is on Thursday, the Bank of England meeting. Now, as we were saying earlier, there's a 0.5 interest rate increase priced in. Um, and then the last event of the week is the big one, the un- U.S unemployment number. Let's see what happens on Friday for that. Um, you know see, see what's uh, which way the economy's leaning. I mean, the, people are talking about soft landings now and so that's slightly dollar negative. If the interest rates were to get pushed up higher, maybe that's dollar positive again and equity markets would come off. So, you know, you've seen a very range bound market this week, but waiting for these big announcements next week. So we should learn a lot in this week to come, really.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Tim, for that. Now it's question time. As promised, every week we're going to answer questions you guys watching have sent in. The question is, it's asking us about AI. Is AI the big theme for 23? You know, of course, we've seen in the news uh, chat GPT has more than 10 million daily users in 40 days since the launch. Instagram took 355 days to reach 10 million. And of course, after um, Facebook or Instagram, it went to this massive app.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we've been testing AI strategies for the last six months at TIC. These are basically strategies that make their own buying and selling decisions and place trades automatically into your account. Um, our crypto strategy will be an AI strategy when it launches. We're still testing that at the moment, but we have some uh, some new FX uh, AI strategies to tell you about. Um, Ahmed, do you want to tell them about the new strategies and when they're going to launch?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this new strategy we've been testing it on a real life account with real funds since the start of the Russian-Ukrainian war and it's been doing fantastically well under a low risk management approach again as always you know as guys if you've been following us for a long time you know under promise over deliver it's all about risk management this is trading and it's not gambling like i've always been telling you guys so we're very excited about this strategy and is to provide our clients with different alternatives right? So it's like as if you were going to Starbucks, so you're going to drink latte today or you're going to have a cappuccino. So it's the same thing. Both strategies are great. We've got at the moment, both under low risk management approach. Now, most some of the common questions I always get, which I'm going to ask you now, is it right more than it's like about AI? Is it right more than it's wrong in extend extent that it provides with a better framework? I mean, some of the AI
1: strategies that you can get, they're based on technical analysis. And so it's combining indicators and maybe indicators that aren't available just in MT4 to everybody where the strategy is written to make a a number of trades. And obviously the percentage of winners to losers is really what, what matters. And that's what we look at when we evaluate a strategy over a long period of time. The interesting thing about AI is it gives us new possibilities. So one of the ones that we're looking at at the moment listens to all the social media chat and then works out which instruments it wants to focus on and which direction the chatter is leaning to. So if it had been listening to the FOMO group about US equity markets for the last week, it would have been bullish because all the chatter was about equity markets going higher and very little was in the don't fight the Fed. So it kind of balances out really. Um, And you want something that's going to have three decisions it's going to want to be long, it wants to buy, it wants to be short, so it's going to sell, or it wants to do nothing. So I like the ones that will someday say, I can't see anything here, the chatter is both ways, I don't want to make a decision today, I'm going to stay out of the market. That's the kind of low risk approach that you want, really. So, you know, three, three types of decision It doesn't always have to have a position is what I'm saying
0: absolutely and i want to add there it's for us it's always been about quality over quantity and sometimes some of the questions i get or we get you know from you know from from new clients is how many positions do you open every day or how many positions do you trade every week so we can't give you a definite answer because for us it's always been about quality over quantity it's always about the market's conditions right so if you don't see there is a great opportunity out there in the market we wouldn't want to take the risk And, you know, just to trade for the sake of trading, the best
1: strategies will actually stay out of the market. So, you know, during the release of the US unemployment numbers, the algos can stand aside. They can wait for the market to settle down again before they start to make their decisions and trade. So you eliminate a lot of risk if you take out those huge spikes in the market that always happen when economic releases come out, when the Fed announces interest rates. You just don't trade during those periods. So the best algos, you know, switch themselves off maybe for a couple of hours around those releases.
0: Right, and I just want to add something really important there. Um, these algos we've got at the moment is uh, basically they're under the supervision of our experienced team, who've been in the financial market for thirty years plus. So they have always, you know, they're always men- being mentored by our experienced team, which makes them absolutely fantastic and great. We've already made the soft li- launch this week. It's uh, fully operative going to be from next week. So from the 1st of February. If you want to get
1: into this program, guys, you need to open your account at Orbix, um, our partner broker, and get your account open and get your form signed. And then we can set you up with these strategies and have them applied to your account. So all that's going to be live from next week. We're pretty excited about it. I um, hope you are too. If you've been listening the last three or four weeks, you know that we've been working so hard towards getting this launched. So we hope you'll all join and uh, and take advantage.
0: Absolutely. It's a very exciting time for us and for all our clients. And let me just, before we end this um, episode, let me just run you guys through what we've made this month. I'm really excited. I know there is a couple of days left in January, but technically the month is over, if you know what I mean. Uh, one of our strategies already made about two point ninety one percent. The other one made about one point thirty six, which is absolutely fantastic. Low risk management approach and the share price. You can show you that, and you know, like we always say, under promise, over deliver. That's what we've always been about. So, if you're looking to invest over the long term, you're looking at the right company. This is not a quick rich scheme. Again, I've said this a million of times before so get on board it's a perfect time it's a perfect opportunity if you're looking to invest in this market for the long term anyways thank you so much guys for watching we've came to the end um, of this episode we'll see you next saturday make sure you subscribe and you listen to us on spotify apple podcast and amazon music have a great day thank you tim